Kia ora team and welcome to the Beyond the Surface podcast. My name's Noel Willoff and to kick us off with our first episode of 2023, we have Guy Williams on the show. I was super stoked to line this one up with Guy when he was down in Wellington doing some shows. He's an absolute giant of a man, probably about six foot five on a good day and just all round a really good Kiwi. This conversation is also put up on YouTube alongside all of our other episodes if you prefer to check it out that way. If you do enjoy this podcast and this conversation, please do remember to rate us five stars on Spotify. It will go a huge way. Really appreciate all of you guys' support. Welcome to episode number 13. Kia ora, Guy. Thanks for jumping on. Thank you so much for having me. What a privilege. Pleasure to have you here. So we've got Guy Williams, one of New Zealand's top comedians. We have, um, you know, the host of the greatest TV show on planet Earth, <laughs> New Zealand Today, and a commercial whale fisherman. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Welcome yeah. to the potty. Am I what one of New Zealand's top comedians? I don't even know. I'd say like Fly the Concords, Worldwide Famous, Rose Metaphors on HBO, Ursula Carlson's one of the biggest comedians in Australia. I'd say I'm like... Second tier comedians. Second tier. Yeah, Second tier? yeah, yeah. I'm try. I'm, I'm. I'm. I've got a good attitude though, and that counts as something, doesn't it? Um, since I introduced you as a commercial whale fisherman, we yeah. should probably clear the air there as well. Yeah. Um, when I was looking up some of your backstory on YouTube and stuff, and I was looking across it, and was that one of your sort of early Klingons to to fame or some large sort of exposure there? Yeah. When you went on breakfast television with Paul Henry yeah. to advocate for whale farming. Whale farming. It's going to happen, man. It's going to be good. Um, so, yeah. So, that was my start. That was literally my first gig, I think, basically. Yeah. I um, oh, I got a start. I did a Dyer's Protégé stand-up competition. Di Henwood gave me my start, and I got to open for him, and that was really cool. And then I got... Based on that, I, um, oh, it's bad, man. Every story of mine just makes me look bad. And so I'm like, I shouldn't tell the stories because it like, I, I promise I'm not a terrible human. But what happened was um, we, I won this competition with Di Henwood and they took us out to dinner to like have a, have a night out because we're all new to Auckland and stuff. Mm. And um, I was talking to the people about the, the Jono Project show at the time. And I was like, yeah, it's a bad show or whatever. I don't, no, don't really like it. There's a lot of things wrong with it. Just as you do. And then I'm like, so what job do you do? And they're like, I'm the producer of the Jono Project show. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I felt so bad. I'd like literally criticize the person to their face. And then um, to their credit, being like, you know, tough and ability, be able to handle criticism, they hired me the next year. True. So I got brought on as a production person. And then I just hustled every day to try and get on camera, which is a terrible production person. Like, you want your behind-the-scenes people. You don't want your cam op to be trying to get in front of yeah, the camera, exactly. you know? But that's what I was doing. And um, I was in charge of this job of trying to get in the media every week. Yep. And, um, yeah, about four or five weeks in, I just nailed it, and that was my start, yeah. How did you land on whale fishing? Because that's probably the one thing that no New Zealander can get behind. Oh, nah. Well, you just look. It's just so easy, and it's just, like, a shame that, like, you know, unfortunately, like, you know, like, popular media is like that today, I don't want to say mainstream media because I hate when people go, oh, the mainstream media. It's like most media is pretty good, but the internet and 24-hour news television has created this weird like um, uh, form of like, just like, it's obvious what the media is going to grab at, right? Yeah. You know, like you can see like politicians, you know, you know, like if you like say controversial racial stuff or something like that, you know, you're going to get clicks. Or if mm. you like have a go at trans people for no reason, you're going to get trip. You know, like it's how Trump managed to like rocket to the top. Yeah, that's true. So I, I tried to not be racist or sexist in what I did, but I just kind of knew there was a few 
categories that the media would jump at and whaling was a big deal at the time True. so anything whaling so i was like i got a whale story out there i also knew that like just things like bike lanes and stuff just like news talks your is gonna love that so i just i just feed like little stories like that and whaling was the one they picked up on yeah so i was like jackpot oh, oh weird trade me auctions that was another one i did a lot of weird trade me auctions and yeah, got on okay. breakfast that way and stuff i sold a um harry potter invisible cape um <laughs> Which obviously was just a clothes hanger and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah, that was that was my start. Yeah, good, good research. Yeah, cheers, mate. It's um, oh, it's just like that sort of comedy is so fucking hilarious to me. And oh, so you're, you're standing there under like a fake name, yeah. talking to Paul Henry. I met I met the prime minister. I met John Key, Crazy. and I was in character, so I couldn't just talk to him about anything. I had to talk about um. I had to talk about uh, whaling. Wh- whaling. He handled it quite well. I was surprised. I've never been a big John Key fan, but I was impressed at the way he handled. A, a nutter, a commercial whaling advocate, coming and talking to him about whaling. And then the weirdest thing is when I left the interview, because Paul Henry didn't catch on, no one caught on. When I left, in the foyer of TVNZ, I ran into um, Michael Hill Jeweler. Um, you know, the celebrity jeweler from Michael Hill Jeweler, yeah. obviously. And he was there, and he was like this weird eccentric billionaire in a suit. And he was like, I heard your interview, and I like the cut of your jib. <laughs> and he like shook my hand and gave me his business card, and he's like, I have a boat searching for diamonds off the coast of Samoa. Um, and if you wait a couple of months, it could help you in your whaling journey. And I was like, what is this? Some, are we cutting a business deal right now <laughs> with Michael Hill Jeweler to start whale farming? It was just like, I kind of, I loved it and was, thought he was insane at the same time. I was like, this is so interesting. But good on him, I guess, for just seeing a weird idea and backing it, but also bad on him for thinking whale farming could possibly be a thing. That know? kind of falls into the whole stick that you were doing, right? Yeah. Although, yeah. Like, it's like the free market will determine. <laughs> yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So I went to um, Vic Uni here and um, I just went to, I was at class with a whole bunch of like young ACT, ACT members and they all just like, the solution, I just loved arguing with them. I actually preferred to argue from their position because they'll be like, the free market, just name a problem the free market will solve it, you know? And I just love that idea that just like, there's no problem that can't be solved with the free market. So um, yeah, I just went there and spouted that bullshit. And it was actually a failure at the time because I did it on Paul Henry's show and just no one cared. So I was like, I left the show, text my bosses as I was on TV and they're like, good on you, mate. And then just had to like do the walk of shame back to C4 where I worked. No one even gave a shit. You know, Jono hadn't even seen the clip. He had to wait till it was like put on YouTube or whatever. And um, it felt like a failure and it was lucky that my plan was to do more because I wanted to get on the 7 p.m. shot close up. But yeah. um, uh, New Zealand Herald picked up on it and it became like a front page story the next day. Is that when they found out it was a hoax? Yeah, yeah. But they let Paul Henry off the clip. Paul Henry was like, oh, I knew it was a hoax. I was like, no, you didn't. He was you did sold. the interview and you're like, oh, well, that was a bit of, that was a weirdo onto the next one kind of thing. Have you always been like an opportunist when it comes to those kind of opportunities? So you're working for Jono and Ben as yeah. a producer, but you're, you know, you see an opportunity to put yourself out there and you really go for it. Has that always been a part of your DNA? Uh, oh yeah, I'd, I'd like to say so. There's often times we're just like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, just the other day, I, um, it was the goddamn Auckland flooding and I saw kids like swimming in the flooding water and I was like, damn, I'm missing out. You know, like this is the chat, you know, when you get to swim in the field where we play soccer was underwater. I was like, why don't I swim in there? And then the next day I saw people died. And I was like, oh, thank God I didn't do that. But like, yeah, I'm kind of always one. Like I always, just the other day, man, it's so embarrassing. Um, I was at a Breakers game. And uh, the I kind of know, I've interviewed for New Zealand Today, the guy who runs the Breakers. And he also is on the mic. 
He's the GM. He's the former mascot, and he's also on the mic. He's the, shout to Simon. He's the absolute legend, GM of the year. And he's like, "Do you want to sing at halftime?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> Why did I say yes to that? It was the worst idea. And then, I, or next thing you know, I'm up on in front of two, you know ten thousand people singing um, "Candle in the Wind" by Elton John, and it was just like so incredibly cringe. With um, uh, yeah, just some other New Zealand crap liberties. It was, uh, I was just like, why am I, why am I doing this? Do, yeah. you, do you sometimes look at those things and think like, what the hell is my life? Yeah, yeah. But I've always just like, I was just like, life, I think can be quite boring. And for a lot of people and for a lot of, a lot of New Zealand, that's what New Zealand Today is about as well. Like pumping a bit of life into mm. like, you know, like people just shit on towns like Gore or Tomaranui and just go, oh, this is a dump hole or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, there is life here. You've just got to like squeeze it a little bit. And that's always been my approach to um, uh, things in general. It's just like, if you can make it a little bit exciting, mm. why not? And it's like, what, the consequences are pretty low. As long as you're not hurting anyone else, the consequences are like, you know, a few people at the breakers game will go, what a knob or what an attention whore or whatever. And I've just got to deal with that and, you know, move on. It was, it was fun. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Um, when you first sort of started out, because you studied political science at Victoria University, yes? Yeah. Um, how did you go from such a shift around, and obviously you're still very passionate or interested about politics, yeah. to being like, actually, I want to give this comedy thing a crack? I don't think it's a shift at all. I'm just like, you know, politicians enjoy standing up in front of people and talking shit. Like, there is that attention, um, something wrong with us, eh? That attention-seeking behavior attitude. Like, if you did like a, I know they're kind of being debunked now but you know those like myers-briggs tests yeah we would get my ex-partner was a politician and we got the same you know it, it was like the same personality as a comedian and a um uh like a lawyer who appears in court True. you know like there's a similar sort of vibe like you want to stand up and like make yeah. a point or get a laugh or something like that and when i did politics i because i got addicted to politics like there was a big election like the year before it was that one that was like right on a knife edge um, Don Brash versus Helen Clark and it was like you know like it was so exciting and so close and I kind of watched it like a sports game politics shouldn't be like that but it has that appeal and that's yeah. why so many people get so passionate about it it's like they're watching a soccer team and I kind of got addicted to politics but I was in it for the wrong reasons you know like you should go into politics because you have some sort of expertise and you want to make a change mm. I had no expertise and all I wanted to do was argue with dudes and, um, and uh, you know like make a fool of myself and get out. I, I love David Longy. Yeah. And like David Longy was a terrible prime minister. Like he went into power, <laughs> didn't know what he was doing, you know, had like right wing reforms when he was in the charge of a left wing party, lost control of his own party and then resigned and sped off down the Hutt motorway. But he was still my favorite because he was so funny and so charismatic. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, so I just remember reading quotes and I kind of wrote about the use of humor in politics, which has become more and more prevalent when you look at like mm. of... Donald Trump being a clown or David Seymour twerking on Dancing with the Stars. It really mm. does work. Mm. And um, But now my look on politics is now that like you shouldn't be into politics for entertainment value. You should be in it for the right reasons. And I was in it for the wrong reasons. So comedy was a more natural... If you want to talk bullshit, get into comedy. Don't get into politics. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good point. I remember meeting this guy. I used to work at local government New Zealand. Which yeah. looked up, there was like the advocacy body that looked after and advocated for all of the councils in yeah. the country. And yeah. um, I was at some networking event, and I met this one young dude who was an elected member, 
and I won't say what council he's from, but I was like, oh, cool. You know, you're, you're very young. Yeah. Why do you want to get into politics? And he just saw it as a career opportunity. He was like, I want to be a career politician. Wow. And I don't know how that really sits with me. There should be term limits. I there, think so. There should be term limits because it's like once you've done 20 years, you got to go, what am I offering now? Like I'm from Nelson. We had Nick Smith and he was just there for so oh, long. Yeah. And now he's the mayor and it's like, it's more of just an ego trip at this point than yeah. an actual contribution. On the flip side, though, if you are someone who, like, you know, works in a field, um, like whether it be someone works in the entertainment industry and wants to argue for, like, you know, the New Zealand film industry or someone who works in education and sees what, what, what's needed, like, I feel like we need more, like, doctors and nurses and stuff. Mm. Um, and, or more, sorry, not doctors and nurses necessarily, but uh, we, we, hey, we need more doctors and nurses. I feel like we need more um, like people who understand the medical system. Because yeah. the New Zealand healthcare system is effed and none of the major parties seem to be doing a very good job of dealing with it. And I was like, I, you need some medical professionals who have been on the front lines who can kind of advocate for that. And we, I don't think we have enough. I mean, there's a few, but um, yeah. It's yeah. my big idea to save the world. Totally. Legalise dense-free dental care, I reckon. That's, that, that would be a dental big one. Dental care is a big one, it's man. It's huge. It's something I noticed in... Because my mum was always a big dental care advocate, so I was like forced against my will to go to the dentist every year. But in New Zealand today, there's a few things you notice travelling around small-town New Zealand. Mainly, meth is a big problem. Mm. Um, there, a lot of towns are very poor. Like You don't realise how rich Auckland and Wellington and Christchurch are compared to the rest of the country. And then um, dental care, yeah, man. The stuff you just, like, people open their mouths and you see what's, like, crawling around in there. And it's like, I don't want to say something. It's not my job. And I don't want to, it's, be, it's rude to go, your teeth are fucked. But I was like, you got to get there, especially if you're under 18 and it's still free. Oh, 100%. I think it's a, I think it's a great idea, free dental care, yeah. Yeah, somebody should campaign on that and um, they'll get a lot of votes, I reckon. Yeah, because on the flip side, on the flip side, like, um, I was just thinking about how messed up it is. I want to get into mountain biking. I was talking to some friends down in Nelson who are big mountain bikers, and it's like, it's pretty outrageous that the government pays for a helicopter to go pick up a mountain biker who's biked out into the middle of nowhere and then broken their collarbone. And you're like, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm all for, uh, I want the government to pay for as much healthcare as people need. But like, there should be exceptions for when you're doing like mm. extreme sports where you're the likely to get high. injured. Yeah. I, I guess though, once you make that argument though, then you go, well, rugby players, you know, do a lot of injuries and then rugby's the national game and maybe I'm opening a can of worms I shouldn't open up. <laughs> I'm just saying it's weird we're subsidising helicopter flights for like rich guys in Nelson is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's a fair point. They've really thought of that actually. Yeah. Um, will we... Uh, if we move to New Zealand today, yeah. so you've had the opportunity to travel to many towns, people would just pass what through. An opportunity. And what an opportunity. And you've probably had the opportunity to speak to people you wouldn't usually you know, sit down and have a conversation with. How has doing New Zealand today, how has that changed your perspective on you know people in the regions in Aotearoa? Bro, it's been so good because we really live in massive bubbles. Like we don't even realise. Like, you know, like... If you live on a farm, chances are everyone you know supports national. And if you live in my bubble, like the comedy, arts, central Auckland community, everyone is a Green Party supporter, at mm. least. Like most of my friends are like, the Greens aren't going far enough kind of thing. Sure. The Greens are soft, you know? But then if you go to some farmers, they'll be all like, the Greens are the loony left, you know? Like, and what I realized is that the internet creates this like horrible, I mean, this is probably obvious to a lot of people, but it creates this horrible echo, echo chamber and it just pushes the worst of humanity at you every day. And from New Zealand today, most people in New Zealand are pretty good. And the ones who aren't good are, are 
have something going on upstairs that isn't quite right and probably need help. You know, like I haven't really met anyone on New Zealand today from homophobes to flat earthers to gang members who I've gone like, I don't see a lot of good in this person. Mm. And I was like, I don't agree with all their views. I don't agree with everything they do. But like genuinely, like I, I can feel like I can put a positive spin on everyone. Like whether we should do that or not is, an, is another question. I mean, I mean, that's the problem. That's the, the fine line of, you know, being a comedian and, uh, you know, having a platform. But like, yeah, there's not one person I've interviewed who I haven't had a lot of time for and thought I can hang out with this. And maybe that's me, but I don't think it is. I'm like, most people are good people. Yeah, totally. And just when you go on the internet though, far out, you're like, you get the exact opposite opinion, right? You're like, totally. these people are horrible. What the fuck is wrong with these people? Why are they so angry? Why, you, you know, you see videos of whether it be like a 16 year old beating up a 10 year old or something. Yeah. And you're like, you, you think the world's doomed. And you go to Tomodanui and you're like, the world's awesome. Tokoroa is awesome. Mm. I can't recommend it enough. But if you talk, if you talk to people about it, you know all they'll say is like it's a shithole. All they've got is a McDonald's, poverty, um, you know, gangs. Uh, you know, there's something wrong with it. But like, I was like, every every town I go to, I'm like, I want to move here. Yeah. Even if it's a place no one would want to move generally. Martin. Yeah, I would definitely move to Martin. Ooh. It's not. I, I, okay. Let me let me tell you about Martin. Martin, beautiful farmland. Um, lovely people a lot of just like weird it's got like a weird culture where it's just like i guess i couldn't spend long time there but if i had a nice house in martin and i reckon i could live there my, my defenses normally when i talk about small town new zealand though is it's near places like say uh say you're in gore like it's near beautiful beaches or it's not far from ski fields or something yeah, like that yeah, you know yeah. like every town is like a short drive from somewhere yeah martin isn't really near anywhere you really want to go in a hurry to be honest i can't think of a near, a near beach or a ski field or anything like that but oh, it's pretty it's you know it's on the way to um little pehu but uh yeah I, I i could live in martin i reckon that would be a cool lifestyle martin retirement plan set it out <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely like uh, you see the positive in everywhere yeah well has there been any occasions through the filming of new zealand today where you've actually because the people that you stumble across, man, yeah, like you could not write about them. The sort of personalities that you get coming towards you. Yeah. Has there been any people that you've almost felt sorry for their situation? Of course, of course, and it's 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 really common as well. Like, um, you know, there's a lot of the gap between the haves and have nots in New Zealand is big, and I assume it's getting bigger from fucking David Longy, my old hero. Very funny, not a great prime minister. From those like harsh neoliberal. Policy, you know, like they basically a town like a town like Tomaranui was a forestry town, and then one day the government was like, no more forestry, and just dumped everyone on their asses. Yeah, well. and it's not surprising that it spent the last twenty years trying to get back on its feet, and it slowly is. And obviously, you know, people are making efforts, but like, there's a reason why, and there's parts of New Zealand that I didn't even know existed, and I think it's so important. People travel around New Zealand and experience different backgrounds, and everyone thinks they do, but they don't. But like, um. There's a few towns, I won't say what they were, were like poorer than, um, you know, the poorest towns, but they're, they're normally like, you know, inland South Island or inland North Island where they're just like incredibly poor, um, you know, like so many vape shops, so many everyone's stores. Just, yeah, everyone's just living on um, Blue V or whatever. And you're like, this place needs investment it needs help it needs something i don't know what it is and you don't realize that and you don't realize how rich mm. 
um, where I live in Auckland is and yeah, how privileged I am. And you're like, yeah, it's, it's part of where the comedy comes from as well. Mm. Like, you know, city, rural and stuff like that. But like, yeah, it's, it's definitely an eye opener. And I like that New Zealand Today shows that side of New Zealand as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. totally, man. It's such a cool show. Like I can't tell you the amount of evenings I've spent watching that show, just pissing oh. myself up. Oh, and thanks man. Cheers. It's almost got this, uh, resonance to all gas, no breaks. Was it channel? Yeah. Six or channel seven. Forgot what he's Channel five. Channel five. Andrew Callahan. I actually met him the other day and then I did an Instagram post with him and then he had a sexual assault scandal. And then I took my Instagram post down. <laughs> the timing of it. Yeah, the timing was shocking. I don't know why, but um, I met him just like, I bumped into him as a fan on the street. Crazy. He had no idea who I was. I was in Los Angeles just on holiday. And um, uh, yeah, that it's bad luck because like we do something very similar. Mm. A lot of Vox Pops. Um, we wear bad suits. We're on the street talking to people who wouldn't normally appear on television and um, he's massively successful and I'm a little fringe New Zealand thing in comparison. And uh, so it's awkward because I don't want to look as like the shitty version of him. I'm like, do I need to wear a good suit? You know, like how do I differentiate myself? Because I want to wear a suit so I look like a journalist kind of thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, I definitely have really admired the stuff they do. I think what we do is different because he, he's more different. of an observer. He and is. He also goes to more crazy situations. Yeah. So I'm like... I'm not going to a crazy situation. I'm going to, or I guess you'd call Martin a crazy situation, but that's just, it's just a street in New Zealand. You know, it's just like that. If you dig, you know, if you dig a little bit beneath the surface, you'll realize that New Zealand's an oh, interesting nice place. Nice pun, by the way. Pardon? Beyond the surface. Beyond the surface. Yeah, if you dig beyond the surface, that's damn straight. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, I definitely, um, yeah, I definitely always looked at that show and really enjoyed it. And I'm really sad to hear about his, um, yeah, totally. His, the, the, the stories about him. And I hope he, he can learn from it and um, turn over a new leaf. I was inspired. I, I thought his apology was good, and I hope that you know, like he can make amends and yeah. be and be an inspiration because it's a big thing for our audiences. Is like consent. I actually had a good moment just yesterday. Um, I was down. I get into weird situations with kids, but I love jumping off things into water. And so wherever I go, um, there's always a bunch of kids there. And then all of a sudden, I'm hanging out with a bunch of kids. And you know, like, I came straight from the airport, so I had my suitcases, and I um. I um, wanted to take my shorts off to put my togs on and the kids are like, um, uh, uh, can I get a photo with you? And I'm like, can you just wait till I've got my like my dick in my pants first? I'm going to rest on some sort of child sex abuse charges here. All these kids recognize me straight away. And um, But what was quite nice is one of these um, high school kids goes, uh, I, we watched your video in class. And I was like, what? Are you watching New Zealand Today in class? Like, don't get me wrong. New Zealand Today is for the kids. But... Uh, probably not appropriate for school time, you know, you know, learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it would be. Maybe it would pass in media studies or something. I don't know. Social science. Social science. Yeah, you might be pushing it. I don't know. Maybe, Biology. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you're doing a story on flat earth. I'm not sure. But um, uh, anyway, no, I did a video. I forgot I'd done it year, years ago. Lizzie Marvelly was making videos on um, consent and stuff like that. And they're like, we want you to come along and um, talk about this and stuff like that. And it, I need to see the video because who knows what I said, eh? But I just thought that's so important. So I was quite proud that like mm. I was in this video and this kid saw it and remembered it. So I was like, yeah, Stoked I was in a consent mm. video. But I also need to watch the cringe. Because every time I do an interview like this, I watch it three years later. And I'm going like, oh, what was wrong with me, eh? Who is that person? Yeah, yeah. who is that person? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I think when it comes to New Zealand Today and Channel 5, with that type of content that you're putting out there... I hate when you call it content. I hate, I hate, the, new, I hate the new world of content. Yeah, well, what, what would you call it? I'd call, I'd call what I do comedy. He comedy. calls himself... Channel 5 calls himself journalism. Yeah. And I, like, I don't know if that's journalism. Yeah. It's like Vox. It's, if it's journal... Okay, I don't want to... No disrespect to him. But um, it's like... Voxies aren't really journalism. Like, I know they appear on the TV news, but it's the worst type of journalism, right? You like, here's a story. I'll go interview 20 people on the street and get the craziest ones and mm. use them into like a little soundbite. You know, like mm. that's not journalism. New Zealand Today is not journalism. Like you can, I think you can learn things from it, but it's definitely um, editorial and it's... Um, for what I do is we're going for comedy first and foremost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's always a message. I think comedy has victims and it has messages and stuff like that, which is all fine, but the, the first option is to be funny mm. and um and yeah so i like to call it comedy and i get scared when people call it content because my theory is that new zealanders are scared of calling themselves comedians and um you know like a lot of people like paul henry who's a, he's a comedian he's not a journalist he's not a um you know he's a talking head he's a comedian he could and they call themselves a broadcaster but that's but that's just cowardly because in new zealand we're afraid to call ourselves um comedians because you know, people on the stuff comment section or facebook or whatever will be like oh he's the worst comedian i've ever seen in my life and it's like i don't I don't, I'm not worried about that. It's, you know, people on the internet can't hurt me that much. You know, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll own it. I'll, I'm a comedian. Yeah. Proud of that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I guess with the comedy of then uh, New Zealand Today and yeah. Channel 5, as well as the sort of journalism piece, which is sort of tucked inside of it. Yeah. Um, why do you think there's such a demand for that sort of, uh, Again, not content, but you know what you're doing. So many people. Sorry to rant about content. You're, just, you're using the term that everyone uses, and I'm trying to get it out there that content's shit. And when kids go, I love your content, it annoys me, but it's it's totally fine. The problem is me, not you. Okay, thank uh, you. <laughs> uh, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is why is that um, why is that sort of piece of viewing or content. Why is that so attractive to so many audiences? Now? Oh, well, I think the reason Channel 5 in New Zealand today works is because they're funny. Yeah. So, like, you know, that's the first and foremost thing. Like, it's entertaining. But um, it helps to have, like, a bit of a narrative. And if if you can trick people into think that thinking they're learning, like, they're not really educational. Maybe a little bit. And New Zealand today, I like to think there's at least, like, a travel porn element. Like, you're like, I wonder what Greymouth looks like. Yeah, oh, true. there it does. And we make look towns look bloody good, by the way. I'm sick of like like the Harwater Council and stuff don't want to see it. I'm like, I swear that's the best fucking Harwater has ever looked in its goddamn life. And it's just so annoying that the, the council is being so restrictive on us, like trying to constantly shut down what we we're doing. Because like, yeah, I get it. We're making fun of like your council being an embarrassment, but the council is a bit of an embarrassment and just have a laugh and move on. Totally. And I think New Zealand towns need to embrace their like... Uniqueness. Yeah, and their, yeah, uniqueness. I was going to say like um, accidental comedy potential. Like lean into, <laughs> you know, like Springfield has a plastic donut, you know, like towns that have like a giant carrot or whatever. They know it's a bit shit, but it gives you something... You know, it's better than just people just speeding through your town and not noticing at all. Like, totally. why not? Why not um, uh, make your town memorable for something, you know? Totally. Oh, Amaru has uh, steampunk. What is steampunk? No one gives a shit, but it's got, you know, it's nice to have a little bit of culture down there. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do you find these stories that you get on New Zealand today? Like, and also how scripted is the show? Do you come in there with a really clear agenda we're meeting with A, B, and C? Yeah. Because the vibe you sort of get watching it is it's really free-flowing. Yeah. Well, we find most of the, um, well, that's a nice compliment, thank you. We find most of the stories, I like stuff, like just actual journalist work is the main thing. And that's been sad because um, 
I've really seen firsthand how like newsrooms have been destroyed. You know, like Nelson Mail used to be a full paper and sadly because of the rise of the internet and social media, True. the Nelson Mail has been devastated. So there used to be a lot of reporters in every town like digging up these, you know, human interest stories which work so well for my story, for my show. Um, and then just like friends, social media recommends them to me sometimes. And just like I do hire comedians to come in and go. Um, it was Lana Walters gave me two of my best stories and she's just like, I live in New Lynn. She's a, an Auckland stand-up comedian. I live in New Lynn and there's a sign that says Guppy Fish Farms. Can you go research that? And I was like, yes, cheers, Lana. And she also, so I went to Opononi and there's this town that's just obsessed with a dolphin. And I'm like, that's pretty sick, but not very funny. And she's like, the dolphin died 50 years ago. And I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> and they're like, and I think they murdered the dolphin. And I was like, jackpot, like get We're me in. there, yeah. you know? And um, so that's how we find them. And then Opononi um, and the, the, the Tanifa and the dolphin story was a, a really good example of like, we went there to investigate a dolphin murder and then we found the Tanifa and we're like, nah, the story's about this guy, Herb Leaf, absolute legend and just like such a charismatic like local personality. And so we always have a plan and we always have what we think it's going to do. Yep. And then you just like let it flow. And the best stories have been the ones where the plan hasn't gone to plan. Yeah. So um, a good example is Martin, where we, um, we, I was actually in fielding because I was like, there's got to be golden. I've gone to fielding a few times because I'm like, there's something not right with that place. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it, fielding fucking, I just, rem I knew there was something dodgy. They won New Zealand's most beautiful town 16 times that's in a row. Right. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. that's got to be bullshit. And that's, where this, that's another place where the stories come from. I drive around and I go, what the fuck is going on here? Something weird is up, you know? And you like see that often in New Zealand. I'm trying to think of another one where I'm passionate. Whether it be there's a rugby team called the Crusaders or what the fuck happened to the Christchurch wizard. But I always thought fielding was weird. And I was trying to find a story in fielding. We were in the area anyway, fielding something else. And I was, well, it's the way we told it in the story. But there was a guy with his house... It was one of those stories that would pop up on stuff.co.nz every year. It was a guy trying to sell his house for like 15 years. And he, the photos were all it was flooded and stuff. And when I got there, he basically told me to fuck off. But he explained the real story. The real story was that he was angry at the council because like his house was in an area where like the water flooded through. So he got flooded every year and he like, wanted the council to put in better irrigation. So his protest was to put his house on the market. But it wasn't actually for sale. He was kind of happy there. Oh, I gotcha. So our story fell over and like, that was like the first hour of shooting Shit. and we got like 12 more hours to film and we're like, what are we going to do? So what we always do is just go to the streets and just walk around and just try and, you know, like someone will have something, they'll know something about that. It's a tiny town. And then, yeah, this ginger man leaned out the window of like a Honda Civic or something and goes, go in there! <laughs> and it's like his orange hair was like flying in the wind. And when I see people like that, I'm like, come over, pull <laughs> the heck over. And he pulled over and it was um, uh, Isaac from Josh and Isaac. Josh was driving and I started doing an interview and the first question was like, what are you guys up to? And they're like, um, we've just come uh, over to Fielding to have some breakfast. And I was like, wait, it's 9.30 in the morning. And I'm like, what are you getting for breakfast? And he's like, oh, um, having some Pizza Hut for breakfast. And I was like, what the f these guys immediately, I'm like, I want to know everything about you yeah. and your Pizza Hut for breakfast diet and like what's going on in your life. And from there, because I was like, I understand people having Pizza Hut for breakfast, but you're also like an early riser having Pizza Hut for breakfast. Like there's something interesting about that. Like they're like, they're like rise and grind, but rise and grind for a <laughs> terrible lifestyle. And, um, and so, yeah. And from that point on, we just interviewed them 
And like, just I was just like, wherever these guys want to go, we're going. And that was one of my best ever stories with Josh and Isaac, the legends from Marta. Now. They're fucking awesome, mate. I was, I was watching that, that just the other day, and their personality and character, man, just so good. And have you done a bit of work with them following that? Yeah. With so, shows and stuff? So or? that's what I learned about New Zealand today. I learned that um, small town New Zealand, like the more mm. isolated it is, the more interesting and better it is. Like places, like even where I'm from, Nelson is pretty isolated. But like, uh, Granity, Greymouth. Um, where was the place I went um, where they had no cell? It had no cell phone coverage. Oh right. What was it called? Down the bottom, below Fox Glacier or whatever it's called. Oh, I've briefly forgotten the name of the place. But it was just like you know, like thirty houses. Everyone's obsessed with deer hunting, and no one has a cell phone. And it was just like you know, this is like in twenty eighteen or whatever. And I was like, that's the most interesting place. And I've got to remind remind myself of that. The more isolated the more interesting, basically. Yeah. Are they, uh, like, hitting Morse code to, yeah. like, how the fuck are they? Oh, it was a bit bullshit. Like, they did have internet reception, so you could you just got to always be on the Wi-Fi. But, like, people down there were just different, you know? True. Far north, they're just different. Deep south, they're just different. It's just, it's cool. And Martin, like, there's just not a lot of traffic coming through there. Um, it's a cool place to go and hang out. I'd recommend it. Um, I forgot what the question was. What was the question? Oh, Josh and Isaac. I still yeah. Yeah. So what sort of work do you do with them now? Because you sort of took them out of the show. And have you been doing stuff with them in Wellington? Or um, Yeah, I, uh, I did a live show. So I, like, my dream is to do like New Zealand Today Live on stage. And so I got them. And Isaac wrote a rap, which was really cool, and performed a rap on stage. And it was cool because when people saw it, they're like, this is going to be funny. This is going to be shit. You know? like, and then he got up there and actually like nailed his rap. And so it was like quite a cool... like subversion of expectations there yeah yeah and um nah they were just cool like we took them to auckland and went up the sky tower and stuff and just blew their mind and that was really cool just hearing like martin boy's impersonation of the big city and stuff like that and um and yeah we filmed a second story with them as well we should do a third because they're just always such good value and up to weird adventures Uh, we went we went ghost hunting in martin because martin's claims to be really haunted yeah find anything oh bro okay so it was the weirdest story. We had to pull the footage because um, we went to interview the mayor of Martin, like already oh, like gold, and, right? Andy, Andy Watson. Oh, how do you know who he is? Uh, and did my last work with the council. Oh, yeah. So he owns like a haunted house. He owns a haunted house. He does. Is this not blowing anyone else's mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He owns like a, it's like a sort of scream factory, one of those things. It's, a, it's a, Auckland's, one of Auckland's best known attractions called Spookers. Yeah. In an old mental asylum, they have uh, turned it into a, a, it's already scary. I would go, I would be scared to go through there at night, even if they didn't have any like killer clowns and stuff in there, but they do jump scares and stuff in the house, right? That's not for me, eh? It's very, That's it's, not for me. It's a very well-known like tourist attraction in Auckland. There's a documentary about it that'd be cool to see. So my joke was that there's a weird um, subreddit uh, called Martin, it was, it, 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 or Spooky Martin or something. They keep on changing their name. And there's a bunch of people on there and I think it's a mixture of conspiracy theorists and people having a laugh who talk about Martin as being the most scary place. Like, they talk about pagan rituals and, like, scary people coming up to your window and stuff like that. And you can't tell who's having a laugh and who is genuinely, like, chemtrails in the water, kind of gone full off the deep end. And... Um, so th- there was this conspiracy theory Reddit. We couldn't. We messaged everyone. We couldn't get one person to talk about. We were like, we've got to go to Martin. We'll talk to Josh and Isaac. A story will appear. And then we found out that the mayor runs a haunted house. 
I was like, this is so funny. This is gold. We'll go to the mayor and we'll accuse him. We'll tell a story, right? We'll go, the story was, he owned a maze first and the maze wasn't doing that well. He made it into a haunted maze where he had like a guy with a chainsaw scaring people and stuff and it became a success, right? Mm, mm. Then he moved to Auckland. He had a house. Well, pretty average house, not worth much. Um, turned into a haunted house. All of a sudden, it's a big business. He's got a town, Martin, not doing much. He turns it into a haunted town. <laughs> and my joke, my theory was that he was starting a, like a Scooby-Doo conspiracy that was trying to make Martin a tourist attraction by making it haunted. And I thought that was quite funny. Obviously, I do not believe that's true. But he was so offended that I'd even accuse him of this that he... Um, Made us delete the footage and like... You're joking, really? Yeah, yeah. And I still can't figure it out. I just want to talk to him. It's like one of those ones where there's so many loose ends. And I was like, I want to follow up because it was such a funny interview. And I couldn't figure out why he got cold feet. But I was like, does he think Martin actually is haunted? And like me coming down there is going to... Yeah. And I did meet some people in Martin who were like, this is a ghost town. I met a person who was a ghostbuster. And then I met some people there who are like paranormal investigators from the Manawatu. And they came across and then they... When they found out what sort of show it was, it was a comedy show. They're like, you're not going to take the piss out of us. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take the piss out of you. You're fucking ghost investigators. Like, you got to, you're, you know, you're ghostbusters. Like, you got to, but also sell, like, I mean, you're, I mean, i got weird hobbies as well. You know, like, I play soccer with my mates. We get in, we put on our rug, uh, football boots and go run around in a paddock. Like, you know, like, every hobby is weird when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, You know, it's like, it's good on you. If you and your friends have a good time searching for ghosts, I was like, Nothing wrong with that. Sometimes they say, like, no comment if a journalist goes to speak to somebody about a story. That says, like, a thousand words, <laughs> right? So, Andy yeah. Watson, Mayor Andy Watson, you got some answering to yeah, 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 yeah. And I want to talk to you again because I want to find out about the conspiracy of Martin being haunted, yeah. Through all your work with New Zealand Today, what's been your absolute highlight? Like, what's been your favourite part of doing that show? Um, probably sh- just shooting. I mean, I've got a... I've got, it, I, I hate when people have bad answers. You almost need to give these questions in advance because like in two days' time, I'll think of something and go, that was the actual answer. But like, because I want to give, I hate when people give boring answers to me and like, I'm going to give you a boring answer and go, just the fun. Just the of, people. Yeah, meeting the people out in small town. But no, it is sick. Like when you go to Opanoni and not only have you met Herb Leaf, the best guy I've ever met in my life, but you're like there, you're staying on the water in the summer in New Zealand. You're like, after work, you're jumping in the sea and stuff. Like it's, you're in paradise and yeah. you're filming comedy and it's going well. You're like, that is a highlight. And the yeah. low light is having to edit the bullshit you filmed because <laughs> that's hell on earth. But um, so that like just times are spent in granity and stuff. And the, you notice I end up in the water in quite a lot of the shoots. And it's because it's real hot and I'm in a suit and I love swimming. And so like, I always like, let's get a shot where I do a Manu in a suit or like um, it was even the cameraman's idea to get me fighting the water and granity and stuff. And like, we'll use this footage and like, it's the end of the day, but always trying to jump in for a swim. And like, it, it, makes, it makes a town more appealing if there's a good place to swim as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but I, okay, what is the best thing we've done? I think just being proud of the stories, like um, the Mungrel Mob story, I'm really proud of it. It's like quite yeah, That's a crazy one, man. Yeah. That yep. is like a really crazy one. Yeah, um, the, the Mungrel Mob story, Herb, Leaf and Granity are probably my favourites. Oh, and Nanger and Taranaki. Yeah, yeah. sorry. You're going to talk about Mungrel Mob. Yeah, because I, yeah. um, I was watching that again the other day and their whole premise with the interview is they're obviously a fucking notorious, horrible gang, do lots of bad shit. Yeah. But they run like a side healthy eating yeah, Facebook group. Yeah, which is group. naturally funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, do you want to talk about what that interview was like, and were you just fucking shitting bricks talking to this guy? Yeah, I guess I was. It's hard to remember what I was like now, 
Um, Where was it? Hawke's Bay or Gisborne? Yeah. Um, no, for a start, I just really liked um, Coe. He was—I thought he was a great guy. I thought he was very similar to myself, like we're similar in age. And all I saw there was just completely opposite opportunities. Mm. I just thought like he has had no opportunities. And not surprisingly, ended up in a gang, and I've had every opportunity. Ended up with like a uh, um, uh, a very privileged career. And I thought he was funny, smart, charismatic. I got nothing but nice things to say about um, Koei East, but also I understand like I got a lot of blowback for that story as well. For um, you know, platforming a gang. Obviously, I don't I don't think gangs are uh, um, a healthy thing for New Zealand. But I also understand why they exist and I you know think uh, politicians need to do more to um, stop people from feeling like they need to join gangs because you understand when you're in small town New Zealand why people would join a gang like not many jobs not many opportunities not many opportunities to feel like a provider or a man or something like that and so it's like there's a lot to be said for joining a gang in terms of what it provides in terms of sense of community um, a lifestyle, a living, and like a sense of pride, hundred percent, which is pretty big. But um, at the same time, I uh, yeah, I understand when people like complained about it. And one of the people, it wasn't actually one of the people we interviewed, but one of the people um, who was in the footage that we purchased off another news organisation. We're not a news organisation, off an actual news organisation. That guy had serious charges against him, uh. so we had to pull the story originally because of to edit him out. Uh, he was just in for like one. 10 second clip but um we had a lot of blowback for that as well yeah so yeah yeah so um what was i shitting myself on the day maybe a little bit but like as i said koei was a charismatic guy and it was just yeah um like do you give yeah a, i guess i was yeah probably yeah, yeah like you're cracking jokes about swastika, swastika face, tattoos. face tattoos yeah 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 did you yeah, sort of yeah. go into it talking to him like hey I'm a comedian. I'm gonna crack some jokes. It's all lighthearted. Yeah, or just rock with it. Yeah, but jokes—you never know how jokes are gonna go, man. Like it's like people always use the term triggered or whatever, but like you can't tell what you're gonna get offended by or what's gonna make people pissed off. You know, sometimes I do stand-up comedy gigs and people start arguing with me on stage or something. It's like you don't know where the line is, and I often get the line what wrong. Like not in not in a serious way necessarily, but um. Uh, that's how I met Sonny Bill in the first place is that I didn't realize that like some of these jokes were as edgy as maybe other people interpreted as like mm-hmm. I, I ran into um, one clip that people always remember of mine is me and David Tua and I didn't realize your mama jokes were like because growing up in Nelson in a white community your mama jokes was kind of a common thing a real totally. common insult and um you'd have to it, have at least like 10 in your back pocket eh? yeah just yeah, every day it's like yeah, your mum is so fit yeah, yeah yeah and and on the flip side um in Samoan communities it's like sacred mm. and i just realized i think Samoan is david to a Samoan or tongan fuck i don't even know that's embarrassing Anyway, I get what you're trying to say. No, no, you, no. As another white guy, <laughs> you can't be like, "Oh, it's fine, mate." Is he? I think he's someone. I'm someone? pretty sure David Tua someone. Is David Tua someone? I'm googling it right now. Yeah, let, let's uh, fact check that. You can't be like, um, you can't be like, ah, oh, well, mate, it's all the same. Uh, yeah, someone. Someone. Okay, I got it wrong. Sorry. Good job. Good job. Uh, I, I was creating a, a fuss about nothing. I lost. I lost confidence for a second there. I mean, it's probably Tongan culture as well. I'm not sure. But like in a lot of other cultures, they just take, 
you know, your mama jokes or something like that in a different way. And um, yeah, there was, it obviously he was genuinely like defensive of his mum. I was trying to, I was trying to rile up a fight between him and David Tua, which is a news story at the time. <laughs> Sorry, a fight between him and... Uh, Sonny Bill. Sonny Bill. And um, I had a lot of jokes and like they were what, much worse than that. And that was my first one. And it went bad on the first one. And uh, yeah, I was scared. Not because I thought he was going to um, punch me or anything like that. I was scared because just like, I felt bad to... I don't feel good pissing people off. I do piss people off a lot. And so oh, it's, sometimes I don't give a fuck. Sometimes I'm like, nah, I don't think you're right. If it's someone I think is like... I, I, I don't feel bad pissing off like an anti-vaxxer or something like that, yeah, for example, yeah. really. But it's David Tua. Like, the, yeah. the man's, he's a muscle mountain of a man, but he yeah. deserves all the fucking respect in yeah, the world. Yeah, I, I felt bad if I genuinely offended him, which I don't even know. He might have been laughing the whole time, but he definitely was like, no mum jokes. Um, if I genuinely offended him. But what's really funny about that is that I jump with fear from offending him and from, you know, being a little bit intimidated, a lot intimidated. It looks really intense on the cut, but like in reality, I was so far away from the cameras were like, you know, five, ten meters back. There was no way I was completely safe, but I was still just terrified of them. And uh, yeah, it looks, but on the edit, it looks like we're like a meter apart, you Fuck, know? Fuck, man. Just as soon as you say, because you, you say like, oh, Sonny Bill, oh, no, David Tua, you're, what'd you say? You're, Sonny Bill's saying stuff about your mum or something. Yeah, yeah, did you hear what Sonny Bill's saying about your mum? And it just feel as soon as you said that, the air of the room yeah, just got yeah, fucking yeah, sucked yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. But to be fair, at a press conference, if you make any joke, the air, even if your joke hits, it's going to go, it's just, it's just the New Zealand way. Like, I don't know why it is, but like, the slight sense of like awkwardness, New Zealand just like, you know, seizes up. It happens at my gigs as well. I can almost like use it as a, comedy is about tension and release. So yeah, like, true. it creates a bigger laugh because like the air coming out of the room is what gives it that explosive yeah, right. comedy. It's yeah. the one-two setup. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you deal with hate, bro? Like, yeah. you know, how do you personally deal with haters? I heard some stories how you used to Google up or search your name on Twitter just yeah. to see, you know, people and what mistake. they're saying about you. It was a mistake. Well, what I learned is that um, when I started in comedy, Mark Watson, a well-known um, British comedian, he, we're like, what's your advice for comedy? And he was like, don't Google yourself. And of course, as a kid, you just don't listen at all. And straight up, you're just like desperate for any media. Totally. And then it takes a while. You have to be relatively known because you've got to be known well enough to get people hating you. So I almost like it. I took it badly at first and used to just reply to people and screenshot people and get into Twitter arguments. And then I realized, hopefully your career gets to a point where there's so much of it, you can't deal with it, you know? Mm. And you realize that there's that toxic part. Because I was one of those people, I reckon. I, I, you know, I've been on Twitter for a long time and I'm one of those people who talk shit about a lot of people and, you know, get myself into trouble um, with a Facebook post or something like that. And I, um, I qu quickly realized that maybe I was being mean to people to make people feel better about myself, to make myself feel better or something like that. There's that toxic element of yeah. like social media. But also I realized that... Um, Everyone gets hate. Like, LeBron James has had the perfect career. Mm. He was famous when he was 14 years old. Mm. He's gone through, you know, he, at, at 17 or whatever, he signed a multi-million dollar contract. And forever than that, he's been one of the most famous people in the Western world. Mm. And no scandals either, really. No right? scandals. He's never done anything majorly wrong. You know, he's made a few weird comments recently about um, China and a few other things. But, like, pretty... He's, he supports... Deshaun Watson, who's probably a sex offender, 
But besides that, LeBron's had a pretty squeaky clean rip and people still passionately hate mm. him. And I realise it doesn't matter what you do, you're going to have people um, giving you heck. And it's almost like a... It's almost a good thing. It, it kind of shows you've made it once you do get people criticising you. Because, like, yeah, if people are tearing down LeBron James and, you know, some I remember when people were calling for Dan Carter to get dropped from the All Blacks. Crazy. People are calling, if people are pulling apart Dan Carter, then I can handle a few people saying I'm shit at comedy, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but the, ma- the main tip is don't look at it. Like, Mark Watson was right. Um, just try and avoid it. Yeah. I was, um, I was the same. I've had nowhere near as much reach or exposure as you had. But when I was 16, because um, I became a kid boy and became a father the same year. Wow. And um, that... You, do you want to be on New Zealand today? Amazing accomplishments. <laughs> yeah. You can sniff a story from anywhere. Mm. Um, but with that came like a lot of media attention, right? So okay. it started the massive nationwide... Yeah, I'm surprised I, mi- I missed that story. What, um, what year was this? Probably 2016. Sorry, is this it? is probably the darkest time of your life. And I'm like, tell me more. Tell me more, but yeah. also working on John and Ben, I was like a connoisseur for like weird small town stories. Yeah. So I was like, I got to ask you, like, well, was it a dark time in your life? It was. Um, and it also wasn't, if that makes sense. Because... I think it helped break down a lot of stereotypes around what like a teen dad or a teen parent looks like. Yeah. Because at, at the time, it's a crazy story, but obviously my daughter uh, was born. I hid all this from my parents, from my dad who's behind the camera. Your dad's here. Shout out to dad. And my mom. Dad's like, oh, all right. Yeah. So he still doesn't know. He's finding out right now. Yeah. He's like, oh, where's this kid? you got a seven-year-old granddaughter. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was crazy because I, I hid it from my parents until Kyla was like, two months old what because I was just so ashamed of what they might think of me of course no no um, no no. that's totally understandable but also impressive yeah so I saved up to buy my first car so I could like visit my daughter after school and we uh I snuck out of home my two mates uh picked me up with their learner's, learner license on like a Sunday night drove us into the hospital and back and went to school the next day that say you know a word to anyone well that was when the baby was born yeah like, like, I held my daughter for the first Far time out. got back home at like 5am through the back door and then just went to school like nothing happened um, far out bro that's a lot it was crazy it was crazy it was just so hard to tell anyone because in my head what I saw was a teen dad as someone who's just a dropkick yeah, on yeah. the Benny, handed Dorito packets, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. So when this whole story came to fruition, it set up like the perfect debate. Like, could you be a leader, a young leader, and also be a dad at 16? Yeah. Um, but in saying that, you know, like I called up Newstalk ZB before the story broke to have a chat because the whole conversation was like, um, how you've changed being a parent in New Zealand. And I had just told my family, I was like, cool, I'll give them a call. And I was like really proud and happy. So I told them my experience. Um, you know, I was 16 year old so dad. When you say you up. called up News Talk ZB, you mean you approached them or they, they would approach It was just you? talk back, talk back. So, you know, they're like, call me on whatever the number is, 0800. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You called up talk back to talk about your story. Yeah, because the conversation was, um, this is before it was actually a news story. story. And the conversation, looking all these dads calling up, talking about how cool fatherhood is. And I just became a dad. So I was like, fuck yeah, I'll give them a call and, you know, fuck. say the same okay, thing. Okay, okay, there's so much to unpack here, man. This is so interesting <laughs> to me. For a start, what 16-year-old listens to fucking News Talk ZB? Bro, a young dad. That's the uh, yeah, thing. What, what town, are you in Wellington? Potidoa, Potidoa. Potidoa. Are people in Potidoa listening to News Talk ZB? Probably just me. Sorry, mate. <laughs> That's <laughs> strange. Okay, yeah, continue. Yeah, yeah. The gateway drug was definitely the podcast, so I'm glad I'm not doing talkback. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I pretty much called them up 
and said my story, rah, 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 and then it went to like an ad break because my first time ever speaking on like public news or anything. And I, I was oh, so so you were on the air with them, yeah, and they threw you to an ad break. Yeah, so I was on the air. No, no, I talked to the host, told them my spell. So I don't think people maybe watching knows how crazy this is or listening. This is like. You're going, like, talkback radio is like the lion's den. It's yeah. like the worst, if you're getting media management, that'd be the worst idea of place to go. Dude, I had no idea. And right? and so the, the guy doing the, um, I understand, and I've worked in radio and probably been exploitative of people, but that guy was exploitative. I'm assuming it was a dude. Yeah, it was. And so he goes an ad break, because he's like, he's probably talked to you for like six minutes. So we'll put in some ads and he's like, this is a, you know, off air, he's going, this is a gold mine. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, and so he's like, and, he, and he's, um, he's he's doing the ad break because he knows that like the f- calls are gonna flood. Fucking hell! Bro. You nailed it. So I carried on my drive. I was like, oh, that was pretty pretty cool. And um, <laughs> that went well. And I bet the, the guy on the other end was pretending to be real good about yeah, it. Yeah, he was just kind of chirping away, poking the bear, asking some questions. And then the whole conversation when it returned from the ad break was um, a, a change from you know what is what are your best stories from fatherhood or whatever yeah. it was to should this Noah guy be head boy or not? Oh. So I'm driving in the car and I've just got all these fucking Karens, boomers yeah, being like, yeah, yeah. he's ruined his life and his daughter, he should be oh. sent to prison and hung. Like oh, the most crazy yeah, outlandish. Yeah, yeah. Even just to work, just like the, 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 I mean, that's how you do a good talkback um, phoner, right? But like just to word it in that way, like it's so loaded straight away. Totally. Because like if you worded it at a more neutral rate, you'd get people calling up and going like, "I was a dad at sixteen, and my kid's doing beautiful. It's the best decision I ever made." Kind totally. of thing. Hard out. Oh, I'm so yeah. sorry. No, no, man. But I think it like really sh- helped to shine a light onto. And my my, my mum put it to me really good. She's like, "You can put your head down and be like, yeah, I'm a teen dad,' or you can be like, "Fuck yeah, I'm a young dad. Like this yeah. is awesome. I've got my whole life to spend with my daughter. I'm not going to be old and crusty." I had six once. Yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> bloody poster child for fucking sex education and yeah, yeah, all yeah, like you yeah. know what not to do at Old Tech College. But um, yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a story. But that's my only experience dealing with haters, and that was fucking hard on me. So with oh, you that, at your yeah. level, like that must just be tough. Man. Oh no, but for me, it's like they don't like my comedy. It's not really me, you know. Like it's like comedy divides people naturally. Mm. Like you know, name a comedian who's not like quite criticized. There's no comedians who are universally loved. Like maybe Robin Williams. Yeah, but true, then there's a true. lot of people. Who, a lot of people who thought Robin Williams. Like, let's be honest, Flubber was a heap of shit. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of reasons you can hate any comedian. There's not many... Univers- I mean, Bill Cosby was universally loved for a long time until it was uh, revealed he was a rapist. But, like, you know, like, there's not many comedians who are, like, uh, don't divide people. With your situation, is so much worse because it was you and it was your life experiences. That's true. And that's why it was irresponsible of the radio hosts to do that to you because he knew it was going to go that way and... The attacks are very personal. Mm. Even for Jono and Ben, when Jono and Ben were ended, it was just a weird thing. It probably They're probably fine with it and they probably don't give a fuck. But I just thought it was weird that when we got cancelled, uh, oh, thank you so much for filling up the water. That was, that was great hosting. You're right, mate. Um, Jono and Ben, uh, the show was called Jono and Ben. So it wasn't like, say New Zealand Today gets cancelled, New Zealand Today gets cancelled, I'm fine. But it was like Jono and Ben cancelled. True, Jono and Ben are ending. It was like literally their name. And for you, it's like, these people are literally judging you personally. Yeah. And that's that's really, yeah, that's a, it's, it's made you stronger to come through that, bro. That's a lot. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I'm, I'm just so so grateful for it. You know, if I, if I look back to who I was at 16, you know, getting dropped the, bomb, bomb, the bombshell that you're going to be a dad, 
um, and just my mentality was so dark at the time and uh, who I am now hopefully it's a cool story for my daughter Kyla when she grows up yeah, yeah. yeah it's, 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 it's awesome man and you get to be like a cool young dad as opposed to an old dad who's disconnected you know your dad seems quite cool and young yeah he's, 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 he gets there <laughs> No vouch for Dan. Come on, he's here shooting this podcast with fucking a shit liberty like me. He's a good guy. Yeah, no, he, he does well. He That's does amazing. Well. Okay, so um, how did you hide it from your parents so long? I, that's a great question. I just hit it up. I've got no, but this... there's a kid being born. The mum has parents, right? So okay, I'll, I'll tell you how the story gets crazier. As my mum was pregnant uh, at the same time, so my mum and my dad broke up when I was younger. So that was an added bit of pressure. I didn't want to stress out my mum while she was pregnant. So my mum had her baby on the Friday night at Wally's Hospital, Friday the 13th of March, 2015. So It's like in- a bad movie, Friday the 13th. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, if you write um, into a script, people would be like, change the date, that's too cliche. And uh, so she had my baby brother, Jimmy, on the Friday. Shout out so, to Jimmy. Shout out to Jim. So, uh, so I held him for the first time. Which was like pretty cool. And then. It's good you got a dry run of what a birth is like. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, two days later, I got the text that my ex was, uh, you know, heading into, heading into labor. So, so there was a potential opportunity where my mum and my ex, who was having my baby, could have been at the hospital oh, at the same time, not knowing this is about like, each other. This is like a bad, like, Lindsay Lohan comedy. And you're trying to, like, get them, you're trying to hide them from each other. That's right. And you dress your ex up, like, as an old man so they can't <laughs> tell. And, oh, man. Yeah, so, yeah, they're on the Sunday. Yeah, it's just two, two days apart. But sorry if this is too personal and you no, can hear good. this or whatever. But, so, your, your, your ex had parents yep. who knew about the pregnancy. Yeah, 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 of course. Be pretty hard to hide totally. when you've got a belly and stuff. Um, and they and you just told them don't tell my parents or something. Yeah, they, they were like bloody hat goes off to the mate. They're such an amazing family, and they told me like it's not our business. They they're oh. pretty much standing by. If you're here for Kyla, you know my daughter, they were happy as. Okay. They said that's up to you to sort you out. You. You They'll let a sixteen year old think of his plan, and his plan is keep it um, secret from the grandparents. Totally clever. So it was. Oh, yeah. cra- I've got this heartbreaking letter which I wrote to my dad and my mum. And it was pretty much, it's pretty fucking funny to, to read. <laughs> but it's because I, I couldn't bear the thought of saying this face-to-face to them. So I was like, okay, what, what are you going to do? You're going to write a letter. That's a really good idea though. Yeah, get it all out in, uh, in writing. That's going to run away for a few days. And um, well, yeah. Where's the plan to run away from? I think I was going to stab my mates in the garage or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. Here's the letter, Dad. All right, off to the garage now. See you later. Yeah. Don't try and message me because I'm going to be invisible. Exactly. Um, but no, man, it was, it, was a, it was a crazy, crazy fucking time. Wow. Yeah, that's... Yeah, and good on you for coming out the other side and good out uh, on for the mother and good on you for your dad and everyone. That's a lot to go through. Um, were you the head boy before or after... Um, I was head boy. Like, like, before, like, did you have you, you, Oh, so you had a child. You, yep. you know, you had head boy, and then you got the child. No, other way around. Had the child, then I became head boy. Did you wait? Did you use the child to help become voted head boy? No, it wasn't some shitty politician. Being you're like, like, you're like holding the baby up, at kissing your the baby, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 I wasn't. I wasn't. It was the head boy um, voted by the students, or was it voted by the teachers? Uh, there was a bit of both. So yeah. mainly through. Because isn't that like a? Isn't that like a? a feather in your cap that like the teachers and the students still back you, you know? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, I think it says a lot about, you know, Aote College and the heart of Porirua, really diverse community and cultures sort of coming together. Yeah. So 
we're probably we're pr- pretty renowned for T pregnancies at yeah. college. So yeah, you got to, you yeah. got to. It makes you fit right in. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of the voter base were like, oh, he's one of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, man. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, cool, man. I, I really wanted to. That be- was so interesting. Thank you. That was the best bit of the podcast. Edit your story. Because your story is much more interesting than mine. No, I'm always worried that I'm a I'm quite a boring interview because I've actually done nothing interesting. But that was um, I'm really glad I came to this. That was fascinating. Good on you, bro. Cheers, awesome. mate. Um, before we wrap up, I've got some quick fire questions. Oh, I've got to get to the quick fire. I did want to just ask for you. I guess we can bake this into the quick fire. I've got quick fire questions for you. No, I'm joking. Oh I'm joking. shit. <laughs> um, what is your why? What? What is your why? My why? Yeah, like what gets you out of bed in the morning? I've never heard of that. I don't really get out of bed in the morning. I'm a comedian. I um, wake up very casually. Um, I enjoy cycling or like exercise is normally the first thing I do. I, I bike to work and like that. I like biking to work, so it's like makes it quite a fun way to get up. Um, but it get, gets me up in bed in the morning. I actually, I actually struggle at the mornings at the moment. I like wake up with quite a lot of anxiety. Like a lot of people get anxiety before, before bed. Yeah. But I get it in the morning. I wake up like. <gasps> Think of every bad thing, and then I um I go on the Guardian app and read all the problems in the world and go, oh, it's getting even worse. <laughs> and then I eventually calm down, um, you know, and 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 head into work. But um, I guess just um, I enjoy ninety percent of the stuff that I do. I'm so lucky That's with cool. my job and stuff. Yeah. That's nice. Love it. Um, what's your worst travel story? Worst travel story. I think I said these in advance because I was like, a worst travel story. I don't think I've ever had a bad travel experience. You know, I, I was like, even New Zealand today, even touring in small town New Zealand, I like, I can't think of anything going bad. Oh, like, uh, we, here we go. Filming New Zealand today, we uh, dropped off the talent and she talked about how good her life was. There was this kid, she was like 17, 18, who'd had a hell of a life. She was on the run from the police. Fuck. She was taunting the police. The reason it was a New Zealand Today story, the reason it was funny is because she was taunting the police on, um, uh, on Facebook. Uh, or was she? Yeah, on Facebook. So they'd put up a mugshot going, we're looking for this girl. And she would be in the comments going like, you'll never catch me. It was quite, <laughs> it was quite funny. But um, anyway, she was talking about how good life her life was. We had a great day with her. She was such a cool kid. And then we dropped her off at the house she lived in. And this car came up the road. And it was the dudes, just quite intimidating dudes with the dudes she lived with. They might be fine, but the dude had a swastika on his head, which is like, in my mind, again, I mean, I, get, I met Coey the Rogue, he had swastikas on his face. So you don't want to, people make mistakes in their past or whatever, but he like kind of, the way I remember it is he kind of like, he had, he like, he kind of like, he picked up a hammer. There was just, there was just, there was just tools. This is a farm. There was tools all over the ground, but like, it was kind of menacing that he had a hammer and he's like, you're not going to, you know, make fun of um, uh, my friend, eh? you know, like, and I'm like, well, we, we kind of are. Um, like it's a comedy show, but like, you know, like hopefully in like a respectful and loving way, you know, yeah, like yeah. take the piss, but like also like, you know, Hopefully, New Zealand Today's kind of feel good. And so, just running into that guy and then getting in the car and just speeding away as fast as we fucking could. And just also feeling bad for her. And I hope she's doing, if she's watching or whatever, I hope she's doing well. Um, uh, yeah, that was that was a weird uh, experience, I think. So, maybe that was my worst. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Especially escalating to a hammer straight away. Like, yeah. at least, like, throw yeah. some punches. And it might have been fine. It might have been fine. It's just like, when you get a swastika, it changes the context of everything, you know? Yeah, swastika plus hammer. Yeah. Good. <laughs> bad, bad formula, yeah. Um, what's, have, have you got any good, good or bad never met your idol stories? Ah. Uh, yeah, I reckon you should. My, I don't want to tip you how to do interviews, but like, I need, I need, because you know, I've met so many people, 
And it's like, good or bad? Most or, okay, what's your worst never beat your idol? Yeah, star? I don't think I have one. Most, most, most celebrities you meet, most people are famous nowadays because of social media and stuff. I reckon you get found out if you're a dick. True. You know how Alan, people are like, oh, actually Alan, this person who's like, her whole vibe is like positivity is a huge dickhead, you know? Yeah, yeah. Eventually the truth about Bill Cosby leaks out, you know? Um, so it's hard. So I think most people who are celebrities now are like really nice people. True, that's a good point um, actually. So like people like Sonny Bill being nice to me and stuff were really cool. Um, but I'm just like, fuck. Oh, again, I just need time to think. So there hasn't been someone you're like, I can't wait to meet them. Then you meet them, you're like, fuck, you're actually not who I thought you'd be. There, oh, okay, I'll give you one. Um, Bam Majera. Oh, you bit Bam. That's an obvious one. Um, I wasn't, it was John O'Pryor doing the interview. It was when I was in production before I got on screen. And um, it was kind of funny and sad at the same time. But like, um, we go out to Snow Planet, which is the um, indoor ski field in Auckland. And um, there's a, Every kid who's at Snow Planet has got word that they're hero. This is peak jackass. He was Y2K, huge, yeah, yeah. huge celebrity. He's endorsed by Globe. He's like one of the biggest pro skaters in the world. And he's on jackass. Like, he's a god, right? And um, everyone, who, every kid who, who snowboards there had skipped the day of school to be there. It's like 11 o'clock in the morning. And we're like, can't wait to see Bam. Like half of New Zealand media is there and stuff. Everyone's so excited. And the dude shows up and he's... He's dressed like a pirate. He looks like fucking Russell Brand. And he's like, he fell over in the car park. This is a guy who's a pro skater, famous for stunts. And he can't even walk. Was he pissed? Into the ski field. Yeah, he's so fucked. Fuck. And at that point there, I was like, oh, that guy's secretly fucked. Because you find that out from time to time. You're like, oh, that guy's not who we thought he was. And, or I, I guess, I guess kind of looking back on it now, you're like, that is who we thought he was. But you know, like he, he's sober, obviously, when he's doing a kickflip and when he's skating, he might've been a bit drunk, but you know, like, and, um, and so, you know, I knew that years before he became the train wreck that he is. I hope he gets help because, um, yeah, he's a sad case. But even then, that might have been promoting like Jackass 2 or something, like True. early days. True. Yeah, so he, he was a letdown. True, shit. And all the kids, seeing the look on their faces, and I remember just saying to the kids, just be careful with alcohol, guys. It's a dangerous thing. Yeah. You go from being a professional stuntman to someone who can't even fucking walk into the car park. The kids were so let down as well. Yeah. Because you kind of think the kids would be like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm going to go drink a Cody's. But the kids, you could tell they were like, they'd never seen anyone in that sort of state. And you could wow. tell he had to cancel all the interviews. Like he got like five minutes into his interview with MTV and they're like, we're going to cut this short. No way. It's sad. Well, yeah. there's still some like, con not again, content. Well, there's some, if there's some footage of that still, still around. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I'm sure someone has it, but it's, again, it's not interesting. It's just grim. Yeah. I've got a fuck, Mary kill for you. Okay. Sonny Bill Williams, Dan Carter or Bowden Barrett. Oh, that's not fair. That's not fair. I mean, I love Sonny. Um, but I'm sad he's like, he's doing some transphobic tweets yesterday. So I'm like, Sonny, why Sonny? Why? Anyway, um, I still love Sonny. He's a great guy. He's always been lovely to me. Um, so I got to marry Sonny. I got to, um, I mean, Dan Carter, I'm so sorry to a New Zealand icon, Bowden Barrett, but I also, Dan Carter's also been lovely to me the few times I've met him and he's so sexy. So good looking. I agree. He's so a gorgeous like, man, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I was 16 and... Um, and Dan Carter was 16 we'd be having a baby <laughs> and uh, Dan Carter so I'd, I'd, I'd love to have sex with Dan Carter now Dan if you're watching I'm keen anytime and then Bowden so I, at least Bowden I feel bad though I feel bad I'm going to kill Bowden I'm yeah. a coward I'm a, I'm a, I'm a coward that's a, that's a loss to two, two New Zealand rugby yeah. um, what brings you true happiness true happiness for me I don't know if true happiness is a thing is that a thing did I 
I don't know. Subjective, yeah. right? I, I, I just recently, like, I've been reading some shit that's like, aiming for happiness kind of makes you unhappy or constantly thinking, am I happy? Is this happiness? What is happiness? Um, but the things I really enjoy or get really like an, a dopamine rush from, having a, a new joke work on stage is the best drug. True. Um, having a joke fail is obviously like a punch in the face. Um, and, uh, and just having nothing on my calendar and exploring a city I've never been to. Yeah, it's cool. I like or a that. town. I'll explore, I'll explore a New Zealand town I've never been to as well. But like, if I could just be in Barcelona and just wandering around, that's mm, sick. Yeah, that's fucking that. Yeah. Um, advice you wish you knew about when you were younger? Uh, again, I need this in advance. I, I can't think off the bat. Um, I haven't made many major mistakes. So I like, I, I've got no many, I don't have many regrets. I do have regrets. Um, probably um, something about like when I was a young comedian, I was like, say anything, don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks. If you can't handle the joke, get the fuck out the kitchen kind of vibe. And you know, like I would have hurt a lot of people. Mm. And and not only that, like my kind of like through comedy, it kind of encouraged bad behavior. So I was kind of a weird person in my personal life as well. Like, I'd just be too blunt with people or right. too like on the nose. And like I hurt some people with things I said and stuff like that. And so if I could go back to 21, it's like sometimes just be nice and shut the fuck up. Like yeah, you're not cool. always on camera. You're not always trying to get a laugh, you know? So shut the fuck up would be the advice I wish I I mean, I need that still now today. I like that one. Yeah. Um, if you could change one thing in New Zealand, what would this be? Mm, one thing in New Zealand. I wish we took... Um, I wish politicians stopped beating up on Māori and Pacific Islanders. Um, that's a huge one. I'm just seeing Luxon beat up on um, beneficiaries. It's like, who looks Fucking at the problems a. now at the world's facing and thinks it's the people at the bottom and not the people at the top? Um, and I wish, I mean, this wasn't supposed to be a political rant, but like, I wish, I wish just like race baiting, like every election cycle, you can see Seymour going hard now. 100%. Like just like playing the Maldi card and stuff all the time. Maldi are fucking over 50% of the prison population. No one's like, oh, they've got amazing special privileges. And like any politician who tries to tell you that like the problem is Maldi or something like that is like being intentionally dishonest. And so I wish, I wish that part of politics, politics should be a bit about arguing about ideas argue about tax cuts or lower taxes or whatever your or private healthcare fine i mean i don't agree with those things but like you you're welcome to have a platform you're welcome to argue whatever political opinion you but don't sink to like picking out a minority and attacking them that that fucks me off also i wish our, our river rivers i sound like this is like a green party stump speech <laughs> no but it fucks me off that i, I talk about i love jumping into water yeah so many rivers and lakes you can't swim in. Yeah. I went jump swimming in Wellington Harbour yesterday, and then today I read it, there was pure shit going into the harbour. Did you read that? Oh, no, I didn't. Like, one of the buildings, it might even be a council building, like, they didn't have, like, the filter on properly. Fuck. And for, like, years, the shit has just been flowing into that. I was like, fucking, I was swimming in that shit, drinking that shit yesterday. I wasn't drink. <laughs> I was trying not to drink it, but sometimes water goes up anyway. Swimming mouth open. So, like, we need to um, look after our rivers and shit. It's crazy, man. Beautifully said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and last one, what do you believe is the main thing that is holding back young people in New Zealand? I don't even know, man. Um, probably like anxiety and like fear of failure and fear of what other people are going to think. And I'm not a psychologist. I don't know how to get over those things. But um, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, if you can and if the opportunity presents itself, it's, it pays to kind of 
take risks and kind of you know feel the fear and do it anyway sound like an inspirational speaker eh? it's fucking inspirational it was fucking beautiful yeah. <laughs> my favorite reply to that question is my mate corin who's a who's a muay thai fighter yeah he said it's uh it's vapes i thought that was pretty good what what is he saying that's the one the main thing holding back young people oh vapes, vapes. Yeah, yeah that's a, oh fuck that's a good answer man vapes v um yeah vapes and v and that being a yeah Vapes freak me out, eh? Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, and just everyone's on it, going so hard all the time, and it's, yeah. Well, it's to fight, it's probably to fight the anxiety, right? It's probably a, yeah, watch out for the vapes, eh? Awesome guy. Um, where can people stay connected with you and your mahi? Um, and what you do? Yeah, uh, I mean, follow me on social media, I guess. But, I mean, you don't have to. I mean, maybe you've heard this and thought, I never want to talk to that guy again. <laughs> stay away, if anything. Sweet bro, always a pleasure. Cheers man. Thanks so much for having me man.